Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Malibu malaise is over. Are you more excited or concerned about back-to-back overtime wins? Steve Cleveland takes a break from his slam dunk competition practice to help us break down BYU's win at Pepperdine and look ahead to tomorrow's matchup in San Diego. And Athlon Sports says BYU football really low in its top 130. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. Yo, what up on a Friday? BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, and they were everywhere yesterday. It is Friday, February 16th. 2018. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is waking up on the beach somewhere, so I'm teamed up with BYU baseball insider Jason Shepard. Yes, the Batcats opening up hey, the season let's today go. at CSUN. Some people may know them as Cal State Northridge. Yes. Hence the, uh, the BYU baseball jersey that I wore when I threw the heat for the first pitch. Some may call that. Most call do it. Do we that. have a miles per hour on that? Was it? What was uh, we it? do. It was 42. We don't need nice. to. We don't need to discuss it. Yeah. We don't need to discuss it. <laughs> I also wore some baseball attire. I am excited for the West Coast Conference Tournament champs. Oh, is that baseball? That's a home play, bro. Yeah, for a second, uh, you kept pointing this. We were talking about baseball, and I was saying I was wearing this, and yeah. you kept pointing to your shirt. On our BYU radio hip. Yeah, and, and I'm like, that's what are you doing? Now I get uh, That's it. a question I ask myself quite a bit, and a lot of people ask me as well. <laughs> Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. To Childs, now here is Bryant with eight on the shot clock. Bryant driving into the lane. Step back. Oh, goes off glass and a beauty. One minute to play. Yoli Childs takes the pass from Hawes. Now goes to Bryant right wing. Bryant driving into the lane. And one, Elijah Bryant. What a night from Elijah Bryant last night as BYU snaps the four-game losing streak to Pepperdine. It felt good, but it also felt weird because it's a four-win Pepperdine team. BYU goes to OT, gets the win. Winning's always awesome, but Elijah Bryant really brought it. He scored nine of BYU's 11 points in overtime, so has he emerged as BYU's best player? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he has, and it's not just... I mean, you look at the stats, and he is BYU's leading scorer by .2. I mean, he's averaging... 17.9, Yoli's at 17.7, but I think what determines that is the fact that the everything goes through him. It starts with Elijah. He brings the ball up. He gets everybody into the offense for the most part. I, I, it just starts with him, and big shots, it's coming from Elijah. So yeah, I, I think that's I, I think that's the way this is playing out right now, for sure. Your best player takes the uh, the most important shots at the end of the game, and that is clearly Elijah Bryant. He's I, the reason why they've won these last two games. Yes, I've been saying that Elijah Bryant needs to be taking the clutch shots. He didn't against St. Mary's. He passes Axelius. Not a terrible decision. In fact, a pretty good one, but I want to see Elijah Bryant take that shot. He doesn't get the ball at Pacific. Coming up, we'll discuss, would BYU have three losses in league if Elijah Bryant had been taking these shots earlier? 25 points. Three assists last night. Eight of 12. Like, he doesn't shoot a ton, right? Five of eight from three. He was balling out, and BYU gets the win. Yeah, it was uh, – he, he came a big – started out hot, uh, kind of went away from looking to score for a while, and then when they needed him most, boom, he was there. It was great. Okay, BYU wins two straight overtime games. Yeah. One against San Francisco, obviously last night against Pepperdine. 
Jerem wins or wins, but does the style in which they win worry you? It's a good question because I love winning, and the means does, aren't right? as important as the end. Yes, and you can't be you, in this league. You know, hey, it's tough to win on the road. And, and Pepperdine played BYU tough again. Like BYU snapped the streak, but it went into OT for goodness sake. That's a one-win team in league. Does the style of of wins worry me a little bit? Because if you're thinking that BYU is going to need to win the West Coast Conference tournament, playing OT g- games at home and then at Malibu, that, that doesn't lend itself to feeling more confident going into Vegas. Look, I, I certainly understand that when you're taking on these teams that are at the bottom of the league, you know, you want to blow them out. That, that no, more, no, I, not a blowout, just but, win but comfortably. Just, yes, yeah. win handily sure. because by, you are clearly the better team. Yeah, by eight but or here's 12. But here's sure. the deal. If BYU were in the hunt for an at-large, style points matter. Margin of victory would matter. They're not. So it really doesn't matter if they win by one or by 30. So the fact that they just win, that's all that really matters. The end of the game. It makes they, you nervous they're close. Like, why is yeah, it close? It, well, but, I mean, it's close against teams that give them fits. So when, Why do they give them fits? I, I don't that's know. That's the root of the but, problem. But here's the thing. Pepperdine has given them fits in Malibu. And they've lost the last four. Yeah, they were able to reverse that last night and does, win. Does do so Gonzaga really and St. Matter. Mary's to go to Malibu and go? Man, they play us tough every time. Like, <laughs> you got to get over that part. Get the dub. They got the but dub. BYU that's all that won. That's great. That's all that matters. That is great. Yeah, the Cougars win their first game at Firestone Fieldhouse in five tries. Is the Pepperdine curse broken? if there was ever a curse uh losing four in a row at pepperdine yeah there's some there's some weird voodoo going on there <laughs> at the roy firestone Fieldhouse. <laughs> the is roy still with us i think roy is right yeah we look according to wikipedia right yeah 64 um i wonder what he's been doing since uh Jerry that's McGuire. not the question uh well i guess if there's a curse if you win you break it right but does that have to be in regulation you did it no OT. no so Pepperdine played a You're close so game again. You're so hung up on overtime right now. Uh, yeah, when 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 you play a team that's 300-plus RPI and you go to OT, yeah, I'm hung up on it. But you still won. So if, if there was a curse, the way you break the loot, the curse so if, is to so win, they did. To, they broke it. If this is a 250 team, you lose that game or something. Like, <laughs> that, why, why is BYU losing at LMU? Why is BYU going to OT with 300-plus RPI? Like, but they won. I know they won, but this isn't, this isn't where BYU needs to be as a program. Like, zoom out. BYU's playing OT games at Pepperdine. BYU's lost four or five. They, I'm happy with the win. I really am. I'm talking about big picture stuff here. When you look back on other schedules, like when we look back on previous year's schedules, for the most part, you're looking at W or an L. Yeah. They got a W last. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's what matters. And, I, and I look at, did they make the NCAA tournament and didn't they, or did they make the NIT? That's how a season is defined. To the did Diego. you make the tourney? On to the Diego. I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. I want to ask you. It's not broken, by the way. That's my, <laughs> I, that's my answer. <laughs> I want to ask you this. Athlon Sports ranks BYU football 92nd. 92nd? 92nd in their way too early rankings. Yeesh. Is it too high, too low, or just right for BYU? We have no reason to feel w- that it's too high, too low, or just right at all. Yeah. At all. Because we haven't seen... What kind of offense BYU is going to run? We don't even know the quarterback. So for me to say uh, if it's too high, too low, or just right, I have no idea. It's February 16th. We've got a long time, like 190-something days what? until BYU plays at Arizona, right? I have no clue whether BYU is the oh, that was prime countdown. 29th best team or the 130th. Look, I- I'm with you. If, 
I hope people aren't going to get depressed. No one cares about in this. February. No, no, because, no one cares because about this ranking. Athlon has BYU as the 92nd team out of 130. Nobody. Like, How was I your agree. day? Terrible. Athlon Sports came out with this <laughs> listing. I'm in such a bad mood. I'll take my dinner and go to my room. I'm go listen oh, to my. Jeez. Listen to my Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, like you said, there's a brand new offense. There's new coaches. There's new personnel. There is no way to know if this is accurate. And even if it is, it means nothing. It, it's all based off season, last year and who returns. Yes, it doesn't have any bearing. Yeah, amen to that. St. Mary's lost last night at San Francisco, Jason. This isn't a question. It's just a statement. <laughs> I was right. Gonzaga's the best team in the league. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, Look, I did not see that coming. I was following that game just not like on the, the ESPN you know tracker and yeah. just watching it. And I, your boy Frankie Ferrari had a heck of a game. <laughs> the the Dons had a lead for a lot of that game, and yep. then ultimately St. Mary's took a lead. And you thought, okay, here they go again. This is what they do. It's a little close, and then they pull away at the end. And a miracle happened. Hmm? A miracle. Please, Chuck Lando fouled out. What? <laughs> but he didn't do it against BYU. No. Yeah, but but, yeah. but it can't happen. So. Look, it can happen. USF saying. at home took down the mighty Gales. And Bill, yes, the, the Kangaroos. Bill Cartwright was there to witness it. The third greatest. <laughs> one of the greatest of alums. all time. Yeah, the third greatest. Ever. Third. Yeah. The, well, Bill Russell. You tell me. And um, former Celtic player and coach. This Casey guy, Jones. Yes. I was going to say, this guy I could see the guy's, Ninja Turtle. I could see his face. I could not remember Casey Jones. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Gonzaga is the best team in the league. Don't forget it. They probably won't let you forget it. No. When whenever BYU rents its or, or writes its rent checks in the WCC, they write <laughs> it out to Mark Few. They can't forget it. Probably a nice check. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about baseball, Jason? <sighs> BYU baseball begins its season today. It is glorious. It is glorious. It I'm has excited. been way too long Let's since we had some baseball to talk about. Four game series at CSUN, Cal State Northridge. Will the Cougars top their performance last year, Jerem? No, that was great. Equaling that would be awesome, which is getting to the NCAA regional. And then what you do from there is gravy. Have you always been to one in the last 17 seasons or something? Um, I will take another regional, no matter whether that comes as an at-large or a WCC tournament championship. Last year was dramatic. It was amazing. I don't think they top it. I would take an equaling. I would. Yeah, I think this – look, when you, especially when you look at the position players. Now, Colton Shaver is gone. Tanner Chauncey is gone. Bronson Larson is gone. So first base slash DH and your catcher is is all gone. But everybody comes back. DC Clawson is who is now the catcher played like forty games last year. So they have all of the power. The majority of the power comes back. The pitching is where they lost a lot of guys. But it, they like the big deal. But they but the coaches love the talent that's coming in with these young guys. I, I do not think it's crazy to think they can do what they did last year. And who knows? Maybe they can take it a step further. But this is just as good of a team, I think, as they were last year. Absolutely. Our question of the day does BYU's back to back overtime wins in hoops have you more excited or worried? Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter. Send in stuff on Instagram, Facebook, your answers. At Spencer underscore BYU. This is my uh, burner account. <laughs> Worried. BYU should have handled both teams easily. Seems like they played to the level of their opponents both down and up. 
Yeah, but I, 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 li- I like the wins, but I'm, th- I'm thinking beyond just this season. I'm thinking Fury needs to get over the troubles in Malibu. Like, they, they, they gutted one out, but it's like, geez. You- oh, geez. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah, that guy <laughs> was at the field house last night, apparently. <laughs> Look, getting over it, they did get over it. They won. They snapped the streak. It's over. They won. That's all that matters. Bring on the Toreros. Coming up next, what's the chance Elijah Bryant could have given BYU two more wins? We'll talk about it. Uh, 100%. And does Steve Cleveland think BYU pulls off the road win tomorrow in the Slim Gym? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Men's Hoops is in San Diego tomorrow afternoon to face the Toreros. You can catch the game on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Radio pregame starts at 3 Eastern with myself. That's right. Check out the pregame with uh, Jason Shepard. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're BYUSN on Snapchat. Use the hashtag BYUSN. And question of the day, does BYU's back-to-back overtime wins have you more excited or worried? At USU Coug 11, San Francisco beat St. Mary's last night. BYU hadn't won in Malibu since 2013. It would be nice to beat those teams easily, but I'm not worried given the context. Just glad to get the W. It's not, it's not, that, it's not about last night to me. It's that BYU played uh, this kind of game a little bit against LMU, lost. BYU played this game against Pacific, lost, like, I would, I would appreciate just a few more possessions where BYU doesn't have to go down to the wire with the team it should beat. If you're 300-plus in RPI, BYU shouldn't lose that game ever. And BYU was mm, that close to dropping that I, one I, again. I, yes, I totally agree. You want to beat these teams more handily. I'm not saying, like, by 20. Yes. That's, I'm not saying But, that. look, again, and we're, we're, we're going to talk with, with Coach Cleveland coming up in just a second. I mean, as a coach, you, I'm, I can't, I'm sure – at the end of the day, it's all about just getting the win and moving on, though. And BYU will move on to San Diego tomorrow on BYU TV. Steve Cleveland's on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, the former and great UC Irvine Anteater. Steve, what's up, brother? Hi, guys. How are you? I'm doing good. We are good. Uh, BYU, back-to-back overtime games. First time since 91, by the way. That's happened. Uh, what, what did you learn about BYU last night in the win at Pepperdine in OT? Well, you were talking about it. I, I guess the first thing that comes to my mind is that at the end of the game, that Elijah Bryant needs to have the ball in his hand. Amen. There's been a few games where that hasn't happened. BYU was fortunate. Um, but just too many times during the game that uh, one of the things that concerns me, especially with Elijah and Yoli, is that they kind of disappear, not, not in the sense that uh, they don't want to. They're just being really unselfish. And I think they need to know that when during the course of games when they get close that their number needs to get called, and they can't defer to others when they're the two main difference makers on that team. And, and so they need to get the ball and make plays, even in the first half and the second half. And what you're not seeing against teams like this is the consistency in possessions, like getting two, three, and four stops. We haven't really been talking about that a lot lately. Or even offensively, where you can come down and score two, three, or four times. And it, it's wonderful to defer early in games and see who has a hot hand and get everybody involved. But at the end of the day, Elijah Bryant, Yoli Child, even TJ, they, they need to be taking the majority of the shots. It's not an equal opportunity offense. And sometimes I see Elijah and Yoli kind of defer, not because they don't want to do it, but just because they feel like they need to be unselfish and share the ball. And I think 
that kind of thing against teams that aren't very good. You need to put the pedal down hard on teams that you're supposed to beat early on in the games. And what's happened is they've allowed teams to get confidence early, and then they stay with them to the end. Take me into what you would do in this situation, because I'm sure you were in that situation where you you were playing a team that you you should have beat. Um, you know, it shouldn't have been close, but maybe it was. You still win the game, but maybe you didn't play like you you would have hoped that you would. What do you say to a team in that situation afterwards? You get the W, but there's still things to work on. Listen, the, the time to correct, the time to uh, have some real strong impressions and thoughts about a game and the things that didn't go well, that's more effective after a win. You have an opportunity after wins to really, really evaluate this tape, watch the game, and hold people accountable. You know, and at the end of the year, you know, the, the most important time of the year is now, but it's always – it's the best situation for a coach is when they win a game and maybe didn't execute like they wanted to, to get into the guys a little bit and say, listen, this is not good enough. Because sometimes players get happy. We won. And let's, let's move on to the next game. You need to remind them that they were fortunate to win that game. Yes, they made big plays at the end and did some really good things. But at the end of the game, the game should never have been that close if they had executed and done the things offensively and defensively that they've been working on throughout the year. So, I think you, you take this opportunity with a film session where it's real quiet. There's, there's not a lot of jovial. There's not a lot of laughing. There's not a lot of messing around. Hey, let's pay attention. Let's just watch what happened, and then we'll move on. You can't take too much time because you've got to get ready for San Diego, who has their own set of problems going on right now. Absolutely. We'll discuss that in a moment. Pepperdine, 329 in the RPI. So by RPI, they're the 21st worst team in the country. If we're going to argue that BYU's improved because their margin of loss is less, the argument can be as well that when you play an overtime game against one of the top 25 worst teams in college basketball, that's not a good thing. But BYU wins the last two games in OT. So are you more concerned or excited about the way BYU finished those and won? Well, I think you focus on the positive. You won those games. And we know how hard it is to win on the road. I don't care what league you're in. It's hard. I mean, you just got to follow scores throughout the country every night and see how many people get beat, uh, you know, at, at home by teams that shouldn't be beating them. But I, I, here's the thing. you got to focus on, I think, a positive thing that is how they execute at the end of the games. In that game against USF, they call a timeout, and they perfectly execute that flare screen by Yoli. Not only screens he's a, uh, his man, but he also screens uh, Elijah Bryant's man. Elijah has to make a big shot, and he does. And I think you talk about that execution and, and, and be excited about what we've done, but let's not put ourselves in a position where we're traveling to win games in the last 5, 10, and 15 seconds. And, uh, and so I think you have to be positive. You know, there's, no, there's no real reason right now for a lot of negativity, except I would make it really clear in that Pepperdine game that there were some things that they, they can't do anymore. And San Diego, as we, we talked about, I mean, they're a hungry team. Well, everybody that BYU plays, they're going to be up for them. And uh, you, you got to understand that and have that maturity. Steve Cleveland joining us on the Desert First Credit Union Hotline. It's a very interesting time of year. There's three games remaining before the conference tournament. What's this time like for a coaching staff as you're preparing your team to be playing its best basketball heading into the postseason? I think number one of the guys arrested. Um, this is not the time to have two-and-a-half-hour practices. This is a time to have hour, hour and 15 practices, work on execution, crisp, sharp, doing everything full speed, working on into-game execution-type plays like they have been. You know, and, and even as you get to the tournament, there will be 
things that you put in, or new quick hitter, a new out-of-bounds play, anything that you've seen on film or maybe before it's a weakness. But you're watching film. Not make, you know, this is not a time to be making major overhaul changes or confusing players. And, and all of a sudden their role is changing. You can't do that at the end of the year. They are what they are right now. Now, if they know their role, you can always talk about them getting better at the role. I, I, I think we know that uh, Dalton Dixon – Dalton Nixon is going to be a young man that comes off the bench, and he has a role. McKay Cannon has a role. You know, Zach Stadius now has a different role. He's coming off the bench. And uh, and for those that embrace that role, can really help this team. For those that, you know, maybe pouting, maybe they're not happy, whatever the circumstances are, want a different role, you don't play those people at the end of, <laughs> at the, end of the year. You've got to have everybody that's all in. And so I'm focusing on the little small and simple things and, and having creating really positive energy uh, among the team, and, and that's what you do. But you keep it simple, put some special quick hitters in, and uh, watch a lot of film. You know, you touched on something that, that we wanted to ask you. So I want to ask you now. You were talking about it. You know, at this point of the year, the team is who they are. So exactly. at, at what point in a season, and, and I'm, I'm sure each team is different, but at what point in the year – is your team the way they're going to be? I mean, you understand what I'm saying? Like, well, like I, the, I, the, I, this is who we are. At what point does that typically happen in a season? Well, I, I think, first of all, this team made some pretty significant changes offensively and defensively, okay? So it was going to take longer. If this had been a group that had been doing this for two years and the system had been the same, then it would, it would happen really quickly. I think for BYU, we could say that it took a while them to buy in and be all in and understand it and what it meant to get three stops in a row or four stops in a row, how we're going to play post-defense. We're going to, we're going to have a different pace with the ball if it's not an advantage break or a turnover. And so I think the learning curve for this team specifically coming off, especially those coming back from a team that was really up-tempo and, and didn't really guard efficiently or effectively, it took a little bit longer. But where they are right now, they – Everybody knows what the system is. Everybody knows how to play. And uh, I, I think that the things you can do, the system's in place, but I think you can always tweak things. You know, not major overhauls, but I'd like to see this team on, on misses and transition baskets and turnovers and maybe push the envelope a little bit. Let's see if we can get easy baskets. And rather than, you know, not taking a chance and being a little bit too conservative, I think it's hard, the hardest time for a defense to guard a team is when they turn the ball over or when there's a deflection or a long rebound, I think they really need to exhaust those opportunities and see if they can get that. And I'm, I'm not sure what the coaching staff is saying there, but I like the idea that if we can get some easy ones, let's push that thing on misses. Let's see how far we can go. Don't, we're not going to take bad shots, but if we don't push it, we'll never know if we had a good or a bad shot. And so I would say on misses, turnovers, those kinds of things, especially long misses that – they really, really push that thing down the floor and see if they can get it to Yoli quick on the block, get him running, maybe get back to a few of those things, uh, which still is, it can be done within their offensive system and uh, not be disruptive. Steve Cleveland, the former head coach of the Cougars and now BYU TV analyst, is on BYU Sports Nation. Let's finish with this. BYU at San Diego tomorrow on BYU TV, 4 Eastern. January 20th, Cougars won this game by 16. It was much closer than that. Uh, what adjustments do you expect from San Diego? Well, San Diego's lost four or five. Now, mind you, they played the Zags and St. Mary's, so that's two good teams. Their mindset, it's hard to know how fragile they are right now. They are at home, 
They, they're playing for something right. Carter and Williams, really, really good guards. Panero, I think, is one of the best four men in the league. Uh, Panero hardly played in that game. He had foul trouble. I think the biggest adjustment is that week they played Portland and BYU. Both teams owned them for about three-fourths of the game. They did not attack the zone very well. So the biggest adjustment they need to make is attack the middle, attack the short corners, set screens. But that's been uh, re- really Achilles heel for, for USD. So I'm pretty sure that if things don't go well, that BYU is going to zone them as they did before. It'd be interesting to see how they attack it. But, uh, you know, San Diego is, is a tough out at home. And it's been, you know, BYU has lost there. It's been tough. And they, this is one of their better teams. Right now, though, they make BYU may be catching them at a good time, or maybe they have their heads down and they've lost a little bit of confidence. Um, so, I, if things don't go well for BYU, I think we'll see that zone early to see how they attack it. But what a month ago I would have said this is a game that uh, is going to be a, a just right to the wire type game, and, and it may still be that. But it'll be interesting to see how San Diego uh, is mentally as they come into this game. Steve, great stuff. We appreciate the time, uh, and we look forward to talking to you next week. All right, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Treros were the talk of the league out of non-conference. They lost last night again uh, to Pacific. Yeah. They, well, I remember before, when BYU played them here in Provo, I remember leading up to that game, preparing and doing pregame and everything. I, 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 I told Mark Duran on the broadcast, I said, I, I don't really know what to make of San Diego. And it's, it hasn't changed. I still am not sure what to make of the Toreros. Right. Coming up, Spencer Linton joins us from the beaches of San Diego, founded by the Germans, I believe. Discovered. Excuse me, discovered. But first, do kittens have more power than the BYU Sports Nation karma? We will discuss. Seriously. Absolutely amazing. 19th-ranked BYU Gymnastics hosts 10th-ranked Denver as well as Southern Utah in a tri-meet tonight at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Jerem Jordan on the call. That's right. Welcome back. Jeremy and Jason on a Friday. What's up? Live in Radio Vision on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Let's check out some of today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops beat Pepperdine in overtime last night, 75-70, snapping a four-game losing streak in Malibu at Roy Firestone Fieldhouse. Elijah Bryant, 9 of BYU's 11 in OT, part of his 25-point night. Cougars take on San Diego tomorrow in the Slim Jam, 4 Eastern on BYU TV, with pregame on the radio at 3 Eastern. BYU football comes in at number 92 out of 130 college football teams on the Athlon Sports way-too-early rankings. And this, BYU football director of recruiting operation, Tavita Ofahangawe, tweeted out he is leaving the BYU football program. Women's Hoops beat Pepperdine with the season-high 78 points to the Waves 43 last night. It was a blowout and early. The ladies host San Diego tomorrow afternoon at 2 Eastern on BYU TV, part of another doubleheader. Love the doubleheaders. Number seven, BYU men's volleyball swept number 10 Grand Canyon 3-0 last night. Yeah. Brendan Sander hit a season high 636 with 14 kills, five digs, and four blocks. Cougars take on Concordia Irvine tomorrow in California at 4 p.m. Eastern. The Lopes set a home attendance record, so shout out to my mom for going to that match and helping she, with that. You know what? It was probably her. Like ticket. I think it was by one. So it, my, yeah, yes, yeah. Exactly. I, I think so. There's a percentage chance that we're going to play What's the Chance, and it is 100%. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? 
What's the chance is presented by BYU Food to go the real MVP of your next event. Let's go to the control room and talk to our producer, Ben Bagby. What's up, Ben? First off, what's the chance we'd all wear baseball stuff today? Hey! Oh, 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 oh. oh, you got the memo. Hey! Baseball season yeah. opener. It's here. Ron Butler. Hey, let's play ball. It's game day. Yes, guys. Oh, yeah. boy. Thank you. All right. What's the chance BYU would only have three WCC losses if Elijah Bryant had the ball in his hands at the end of the St. Mary's and Pacific games? 100%. We don't know what would happen, but we do. <laughs> Elijah Bryant would have won the St. Mary's and Pacific games if he had the ball in his hands. I believe. I believe. And BYU would have three losses in league. They'd still be an at-large team. BYU learned this too late. And the situation didn't. Listen, Elijah Bryant did have the ball in his hands against St. Mary's. He passed it. I wanted him to shoot. Pacific, he didn't get the ball. Joshier Hardnett has had a couple of looks in regulation to win a few games for BYU. Unfortunately, came up short. EB3, man, get him the rock at the end. We've seen the last two games what he can do. Dude, I love the fact that Elijah takes those shots and, and usually makes them. But there's no way of knowing. I'm going to say 0%. I'm not going to put that on Elijah Bryant. 0%. Uh, his shoulders can carry that burden. I know they can, but I'm not. I mean, there's no way of knowing, and I'm not going to say that they lost because we he didn't take We can go back in time. Have you not seen any science fiction movie? Uh, back to the Future is my favorite movie. Of course, I know. Then why do you refute the powers of EB3? Because if I'm going back in time. St. Mary's in Pacific. I'm only going back to November 5th, 1955. Okay? I'm going back to the Big 12 meetings and changing things. That's what I'm doing. (laughs) Number two. What's the chance the Mark Durant kitten t-shirt has more positive BYU mojo than the BYUSN karma? Uh, No. Or does it? Here's the thing. Not only has BYU won the last two, they've gone to overtime in the last two. So does the shirt send BYU into (laughs) overtime against a team it shouldn't go to overtime against? (laughs) So what's your percentage? My percentage is uh, zero. The BYU Sports Nation karma is the most powerful thing compared to the shirt. I'm going to say 50%. Oh, snap. Because I don't, I don't know. And I found out some information about said kitten shirt. Do tell. I found out from Mark Durant himself the shirt was washed, and he was concerned oh. that washing it may get rid of the, the good vibes. Not only it was washed a hole was accidentally put in it. What? It was so strong. So that's why BYU went to that OTA. It was washed, done. had a hole in it, and it still helped out. Interesting. At Cougar Stats weighs in. I think Mark Durant's cat shirt has sucked the team's will to live <laughs> just enough to cause these needless heart stoppers. That's one, that's one angle of this as well. 50%, huh? 50%. Okay. Number three. What's up. the chance BYU gets a St. Zaga win this season? Well, you have two games left, probably. You have next Saturday against Gonzaga at home. You're always going to be a dog in that one, but that's going to be a fun fight. And then uh, you hope a semifinal matchup, or or not. You hope for an upset. And then a Tuesday <laughs> night tilt against somebody else. What's the chance? I, I go 15%. I give BYU a shot, but I don't give it a high one. The, the, the matchups are tough. I, BYU has a, a better chance at home next week in Vegas. That's going to be tough. Look, I mean... I I have been very high on BYU's chances all year that, to win this game against Gonzaga, and I you know and all these these close games these mean nothing because BYU does play Gonzaga very well. Sure. So after the game in Spokane, I actually felt even more uh, confident that BYU could win this game at home. 
I, I'm not going to back away from that now. I'll say 75%. Wow, 75%. Yes. See, here's the thing. St. Mary's will fall. They'll still stay top 25. You're saying beating a top 25 team. That is a significant win. Yeah. It really is. That would be great, and BYU really needs that, uh, not to get into the NCAA tourney per se, because that didn't happen unless they win the league, just to get some confidence of, yes, we can beat these teams. Not only. And in the regular season, you need at least one win against St. Zach. Come on. And not only will they my, – my, I think the chance of winning is at 75%. BYU's field goal percentage will be 75%. Okay, that's okay, just, I'm just ridiculous. That, that has okay, to do number four. What's the chance Jacques Landau fouls out of another WCC game this season? Hmm. I'll go 0% because I don't think St. Mary's will lose again. So it won't happen. Yeah, I'm gonna say zero. I'm gonna say zero percent because uh, the WCC doesn't want Jock Landale on the bench. Zero <laughs> percent. The same amount of chill that the West Coast Conference officials have. <laughs> Number five. Last one. What's the chance you'll see the Black Panther this weekend? One hundred percent. Why you ask? Because I've already seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see it tomorrow. So one hundred percent. Absolutely excited about this one. Excited about uh, Infinity War during the summer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cannot wait. By the way, not going to give away. Not, not giving either way. I'm just going to tell you, for Black Panther, two post-credit scenes. Okay. Just stay for, I think that's helpful. Stay for two. There's two. I'm huge on no spoiler give me two. alert. Yeah, but that's, that's always good to know. It yeah. is. That is What's the Chance, and it is 100% over. Our question of the day, does BYU's back-to-back overtime wins have you more excited or worried? At Greg Rosenhan, I wouldn't say excited, but these type of games were ones we lost the last few years. Bad wins, but at least they were wins. If the standard is not, if the standard's the NCAA tournament, you don't want to be playing close games with some of these teams and risking a potential loss. But BYU did win. I get it. I get it. They got the dub. Coming up, it's a huge sports weekend for BYU. All of the details coming up in the whip. And our and one results and reaction from Spencer Linton from California on last night's overtime thriller. This is BYU Sports Day. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Women's basketball back home tomorrow afternoon hosting USD. You can watch all the action on BYU TV, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Jeremy and Jason live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. If you missed the show at noon Eastern, no worries. Check out the rebroadcast at 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Our question of the day. Are you more or are you more concerned or excited about BYU's two overtime results the last two games at Melocopter? Worried. I'm glad we won both games, but they emphasize the reality that any team in this league can beat us if we let up even a little. We've chronicled it, but it bears reminding. Per season in the West Coast Conference, BYU has averaged 2.8 losses to non-St. Zaga teams. BYU sitting on two. Can BYU avoid a third this year? That would be great. Tough one at San Diego tomorrow, at Portland uh, next Thursday, and then you're into Vegas. So just two more opportunities for BYU to Avoid that third loss. What does St. Mary's do? They go 1.3 losses a year to non-St. Zaga. Mm-hmm. One. That happened last night. Gonzaga, what do they do? 0.7. Basically, every other year, they lose one. That's the ma- To me, that's the biggest difference between Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and BYU is how they play against the other teams. Look, 
of all of those losses that BYU has, it's the point eight loss that gets me the most every year. <laughs> That's the one I fret <laughs> and the, the most. The point seven, Gonzaga. Yeah. Yeah. Gonzaga, that point Basically seven loss. Basically three. Yeah. <laughs> and and if BYU is going to lose uh, three a year, and then they're going to go. I think BYU's one and a half wins versus St. Zaga, so one or two, right? That's tough. You're 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 piling up two uh, St. Zaga losses, three non-St. Zaga losses, five losses in this league. There's not a mar- lot of margin for loss like the Mountain West Conference. There isn't in the Mountain West Conference. BYU had a little more leeway right. to be able to lose a few of these. Yeah, I mean, I I said at the beginning of the year one of the things that I thought, and this was especially during that non-conference run where they ended up winning nine in a row. I, I thought that this this team, the way it was made up, that they weren't going to fall into that trap of losing to the bottom teams in the conference. So I, that has surprised me that that it it's, has still happened this year. That really, I did not I did not think this team would do that this year. I really didn't. Yeah, I didn't either. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline from Southern California is the man who was on the call last night. His name's Spencer Linton. Spencer, what is good, my brother? Oh, there is much to be happy about today. Uh, it's beautiful and sunny in Southern California following a BYU win against Pepperdine on the road for the first time since 2013. So explain the uh, atmosphere at the Roy Firestone Fieldhouse last night. Well, there wasn't much of an atmosphere until BYU got going in the second half, and that's when the 70% pro-BYU crowd took over. I found out after the game, and I, I didn't really notice it during the game because, you know, you're in the middle of a broadcast, but there are no dancers, there are no cheerleaders, and there is no Pepperdine band. And for whatever reason, all of those groups have been desanctioned or uh, not financially supported for now. So there's just little to no student involvement uh, from Pepperdine. And, I mean, there were – a good number of BYU fans there, but it just it's a strange place and a strange atmosphere and with you know, the typical things that you're used to seeing in college basketball with bands and cheerleaders and dancers and students, all of those are pretty much non existent in Firestone Fieldhouse. And I know, you know, some of that certainly has to do with the way it's four and twenty three record now, but yeah, just a strange college basketball environment. Our question of the day, does BYU's back-to-back overtime wins have you more excited or worried? What do you think? Well, currently I am excited because BYU hasn't found a way to win in Firestone Fieldhouse uh, until last night. And you had to go all the way back to 2013 to look back at the last time BYU had won a game in that building, and it was by all of two points thanks to some clutch performance uh, and, and late shooting from a guy named Matt Carlino. So just find a way. And it's, you know, there's a mental aspect. Just like BYU was in the head of Gonzaga in Spokane, and the Zags found a way to close that game out this year, BYU found a way to exercise the demons in Firestone Fieldhouse and beat Willie the Wave for crying out loud. <laughs> and just, I mean, just just win the game. Just win the game, however you have to do it. Exercise the demons so that you don't have to keep saying, man, we just can't win there. We can't win a game there. And I think that's the relief that the players and the coaches felt last night was it doesn't matter how you got it, just just overcome it. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to kind of just ride the coattails of, of the team and the coaches. They were relieved and excited to, to win a game in that building for the first time in a while. And I think it's a good sign that BYU now in back-to-back performances has done enough. And guess what? The common theme developing is 
go to Elijah Bryant, which I know you love, Jerem. I've been saying this since December. Well, and last night, guys, I mean, he came out looking to score early. He had nine points right off the bat. Then, obviously, towards the end and in overtime, he really took over. Spencer, what did you see that was maybe different with him that we that wasn't there the last three games? I think just more of a purpose to go out and look for his opportunity. Sometimes Elijah Bryant can be a little bit too unselfish, um, and I think that he was just looking to be the guy as a captain and, and to go out and really establish himself as a scorer. Now, credit Pepperdine they did a good job of uh, altering things and, and throwing some defensive adjustments in there that caused some hiccups for BYU and they're you know they're aggressive and they're pesky on defense but I yeah as far as Elijah's scoring early in the game I just think that there was more of a concerted effort on his part in his mind to go out and get his shot we're chatting with Spencer Linton from Southern California he's on he was on the call last night he's on the call tomorrow let's finish with this before we get to and one picks what's the latest with Elijah or excuse me classic Yoli Child's knee Oh, you mean Yoli Bryant? Yoli Bryant, Elijah Childs. <laughs> uh, I have been told this morning that Yoli Childs is good to go, and that is a direct quote from the BYU basketball staff. They're obviously monitoring his knee closely. It looked like he almost hyperextended it in a way, and, man, when he went down, it, it took the breath out of the gym at Firestone Fieldhouse. Uh, again, because most of the fans were BYU fans, but good. Hey, to it see took him the air out up. of everybody watching the game, too. By the way, oh, good grief! Yeah, I mean, uh, you want to talk about uh, a catastrophic injury for a team? That's that's the only child. But good to see him get back get back in the game. Uh, the official verbiage from BYU was a minor tweak, but he is expected to play tomorrow, and obviously they're monitoring his his knee closely, but all signs point to good things for Yoli Childs being able to play against San Diego. That is great news. Uh, now we have not great news with the and one picks. Picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. All right, Spence, you go first. You remember your picks? I do remember my picks. For the Pepperdine game, uh, I said that the first team to 21 would ultimately win the game, and I've is that right? Swish! Yeah. Okay, so I got that one right. I thought Yoli Childs would have more of a dominant performance in the paint against Pepperdine, who's a bit undersized and called for three-plus dunks. Uh, yeah, I didn't get that one. But, I, hey, I'll take one for two on the road and a win, most importantly for BYU against Pepperdine. My two-pointer, the Cougars will win by double digits. <laughs> Too much to ask against the 321st-ranked RPI team in the country. BYU lost by five. And my one-pointer. Swish! Nope. Oh, yeah, I got it. Elijah Bryant goes 15-plus. <laughs> Elijah Bryant, 25. I'm so used to not getting points. So I got uh, I got a one-pointer. You got a two-pointer. The lead continues. And then there's Jason's picks. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be able to participate in this multiple shows in a row. <laughs> uh, my two-pointer. Elijah Bryant will score 20-plus. Swish! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My and oh, one. No! Zach Sayus will shoot 50% or better from three. Uh, he was 0 for 1. <laughs> he took one, and it was over. So the updated standing, Spencer, 25 points. Uh, me, 17, and then Jason has five. Look, it's better He's than still three, on the graphic. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop. I don't need to be on Well, let's, let's think about this. The difference between Spencer and I is the difference between you and I. So that's how far behind I am, uh, Spencer. <laughs> Spencer, what are your picks for San Diego? Uh, my two-pointer. 
Right now, Ken Pomeroy, college basketball stats cover, has BYU as a three-point favorite. I am going BYU by four-plus at the Slim Gym against the Toreros. It's going to be low-scoring, but I think BYU wins by four-plus. And for my end one pick, yes, thank you. Uh, A little bit different doing it on the road here. (laughs) Uh, I think that... No team will hold a double-digit lead at any point in the game. I expect a knock-down, drag-it-out defensive battle. No double-digit lead for either team tomorrow. Okay, two-pointer. TJ Haas will score 15-plus for me. He scored like four points yesterday. I think he bounced back. And one! You already have 10-plus bench points. Cougars only had two in the matchup against UC Sandy or uh, USD. UC Sandy was a different team in BYU's men's volleyball league. So, uh, BYU have 10-plus bench points. All right, my two-pointer. BYU will not trail at halftime. They've trailed in the previous two games. And one. That one's so ridiculous. You guys have a Christmas CD coming out in a little bit, don't you? With Thurl Bailey. Wow. Uh, my and one. The game will not go into overtime. Oh, come on. Yeah. Come on. Easy points. If here. it goes into OT, that magic so kitten shirt is insane and it needs to be burned. <laughs> yeah. Spencer, uh, good job last night. We'll uh we'll see you on the tube tomorrow for Eastern on BOE TV. Hey, great to talk to you guys. And that magic kitten shirt is just as epic in person, by the way. <laughs> we saw it Saturday. Yeah, that's great. Spencer, thanks, man. That's Spencer Linton on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Coming up, another second-round projection for Fred Warner. Guess Whoa. where this mock draft has him going. Huh. You just said second round, right? And your responses to the question of the day. Oh, which team? This is BYU Sports Nation. Hopefully it's the Seahawks. Chiefs. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Steve Cleveland and Spencer Linton. If you missed some of today's show, you can always download some or all of today's show. You can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. In the meantime, let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Cougars beat the Pepperdine Waves in overtime last night. 75-70 snap and a four-game losing streak in Malibu. The Cougars take on the San Diego Toreros tomorrow at 4 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Radio pregame will start at 3 Eastern. Football. Your football comes in at number 92 out of 130 college football teams on the Athlon Sports Way Too Early rankings. Also, BYU football director of recruiting operations, Tavita Ofengawe, tweeted he is leaving the BYU football program. Also, former BYU linebacker Fred Warner projected as a second-round pick to the oh Patriots, according oh, to SB Nation's Dan Kadar. Women's basketball. That would be awesome, right? KVN and Fred Warner? He does it again. Wow, I like it. The, the women's team beat Pepperdine with a season-high 78 points, defeat the Waves by a score of 78-43. The women host San Diego tomorrow afternoon at 2 Eastern on BYU TV. Volleyball. 7th-ranked BYU men's volleyball swept 10th-ranked Grand Canyon in three sets last night. That's a sweep. The Cougars take on Concordia Irvine, coached by former BYU head coach Sean Patchell, tomorrow in California at 4 Eastern. Baseball. The Bad Cats open up the season today at CSUN for the first of a four-game series starting at 5 Eastern time. Softball. Cougars won their first game in the Marucci Desert uh, Desert Classic over Hawaii 10-1. The Cougars face Florida International at 2.15 Eastern and then New Mexico at 4.30 Eastern today. Gymnastics. Number 19 Gymnastics back in the Smith Fieldhouse tonight hosting 
number 10 Denver and Southern Utah, 9 Eastern on BYU TV with that guy. Swimming and diving. Congrats to BYU's Nathan Gonzalez, who won the one-meter championship yesterday at the MPSF Diving Championships. Competition for the rest of the Cougars continues today and tomorrow. Golf. The men's golf team is tied for third at four under par after round one at the John Burns Intercollegiate with help from Patrick Fishburne and Peter Quest, who both shot three under par. Rugby. Last but not least, former Cougar Josh Whippy is a starter for Team USA against Chile tomorrow in Fullerton, California at 5 Eastern. Paul Laseke is also nice. listed as a reserve as well. Today's Rise and Shouts brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. EB3, Elijah Bryant, 25 points, 9 of the 11 in OT. He gets the Rise and Shout. He was awesome. Done. Our question of the day, does BYU's back-to-back overtime wins have you more excited or worried at the Brentar 14. A win is a win is a win. Thank you. The ability to win ugly at times is what separates good teams from mediocrity. If you lost to a far inferior team at LMU, these past two games they were able to grind out the win. This is progress. Something to build on. I'm excited. It is progress in that BYU's lost four in a row there, but I, I just I don't like close games against 300-plus RPI. Those are the worst teams in basketball. The dub. It's all about the dub. U.TV. Elite trade of the day at Cosmo underscore Duck underscore Duck Cougar. I hate to see these overtime wins to teams that have records riddled in sins. Rhyming. I do not like them at the Mac. Marriott Center. I do not like them back to back. I do not like them for they hurt. Thank goodness for that kitten shirt. <laughs> Hashtag trust the kitties. Nicely done. Well done. Conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. You know the drill. The show always on demand, BYUSN.com. The audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Apana Nakayama. BYU Baseball, great. BYU Sports Nation, back at it Monday at noon Eastern.